Hey friends, welcome to YYZ Podcast. My name is Melissa and I will be your host as we talk all things Toronto. This week, updates from the Ontario government, more reflections on the Real Housewives of Toronto, Pearson employees going wild, and more. Stay tuned. Okay, so I have to make a confession. I have been on and off you know let me let me start by saying this sometimes when you are eating dinner you can need something in the background just to focus your attention on I suppose sometimes I'll listen to other podcasts because it's nice but sometimes you just got to put on a show while you're watching or while you're eating rather and if I'm being honest this has resulted in watching some episodes of The Real Housewives of Toronto And to be quite honest, it's just mad boring. I tried to give it a few episodes to really get into its stride, but truthfully, and I'm not saying this because I am affluent, but I just don't think that it really represents anything about what Toronto really looks like. If someone were to watch this, this gives you no idea of what Toronto is actually like. First of all, because it's not very diverse at all. Second of all, even though they're going to places that are supposedly upscale, they're not actually going to any of the real hot spots, quote unquote, that people who are in the know actually go to, which makes it seem so disconnected from the actual city. And also, I get it's supposed to be Real Housewives, but I think in a lot of ways, Toronto would be better served by a reality show that showed what, and I hate this word because it's kind of eye-rollish, but what actual quote-unquote influencers are up to because if you look at the people who are active on Instagram and the people who are out here doing these other types of blogs and what have you would probably have a way more interesting experience to showcase of Toronto than what this is and I get it that The Real Housewives is a very specific franchise but at the same time it's like give me a little something to work with please because right now it's just all centered around this kind of whack drama about this one lady that they all hate and it's just very juvenile which is I guess consistent with all the Real Housewives franchises to some extent but at the same time it's not even exciting enough in ways of other franchises which draws you in and maybe it's just kind of they need to find their footing but at the same point it's like I live here already so I don't need to see a bland watered down version of the city in which I live in so overall not not feeling it but to get back on the soapbox a little bit though I think this is kind of the complaint for a lot of people with regards to mainstream media and these networks is that There are so many people doing really interesting work, leading really interesting lives, and working on exciting arts projects, culinary projects. I would love to see a show about the chefs of Toronto and how owning a restaurant in Toronto is going on, or someone who owns an art gallery in Toronto, and not necessarily the older ones. Actually, to some extent, yeah, but... Maybe looking at people who are up and coming gallerists or people who are working through DIY art spaces or an expose or a showcase on Toronto's iconic music venues, things like that. There's so many things that deserve the spotlight in Toronto and instead we kind of got this lukewarm program that isn't really an accurate representation of how I would say 98% of the people in this city live. So it's just kind of like 
eh, it is what it is, but at the same time, seeing something like this have a platform just makes me yearn for other people who have things to actually showcase to have that platform as well. Hip hop hooray to Ontario residents who are under the age of 25, which is still me, blast. Anyways, exciting news coming from the provincial government who seems to have our back in at least one way because they recently announced a new plan that would cover the costs of prescription drugs for people under 25. And just anecdotally, now I have a job where I have benefits, which is honestly, I could not be more grateful for it because I know it is not available for a lot of people. But my first job out of school, I worked for a company and I didn't have any benefits, no dental, nothing. So everything you'd have to do would be paid out of pocket. And I looked into um, just getting yourself individual coverage, but that would be close to, I think on the cheapest end, I think maybe 75 to a hundred bucks a month. And even then the coverage that you did get under an individual insurance plan was not very comprehensive, meaning that the thresholds for their coverage were low or it only cover maybe like 60% of certain things, which I guess is better than nothing, but it's still a high burden to pay if you're still starting out and are just trying to get your loans under control or trying to get some savings going type of thing. So this is a critical initiative for a lot of people who are working in retail or who are working in the service industry or who might be working full time in finance or whatever industry and maybe are working on contract and don't have any type of benefits to cover their prescriptions. So if you need regular prescriptions, this is super, super helpful because medicine can be expensive. And if it's something that you need on a daily, weekly, monthly basis, then it's going to add up. So I do have to shout out the government for even looking into these measures as well as they recently announced a basic income pilot, which is not being tested in Toronto, but it is being tested in, I think, Hamilton, Barrie, and another small area, which I forget. But honestly, it's one of those things where I kind of applaud the government for taking the steps because at least now you'll know once you start to try these things what works and doesn't work. But either way, making sure that the health of the citizens, especially people who are starting out because not to be, I don't know, it's, I think it's important for people who are seniors and elder adults to have access to a lot of benefits as well, because in a lot of ways they've paid their dues uh, for society to some extent. But there is kind of this gap where there's a lot of protections for seniors and a lot of services and discounts available to seniors. But you find that once you're not a student and out of school, but still are faced with a lot of the issues, including low income, precarious labor, uh, limited access to housing, that a lot of those protections are not really available to you anymore because it's just kind of expected that once you're not a student and you're in your early to mid 20s that everything should be figured out. So I kind of respect that they're recognizing to some extent that that is certainly not the case in these days and are trying to do something about it. So 
I am not mad at this, even though by the time this gets implemented, I might be 25. So, I mean, maybe I'll have the year of my 25th year to support this, but I don't know. Either way, this will be good for another generation as well. So that's great. And also for parents who have children who've had to pay out as well, this is great because then that's one less expense to worry about. From time to time, I introduce a segment on this podcast called Nah Fam, and that is generally reserved for headlines and activities that occur within the greater Toronto area that just make you say nothing other than, Nah Fam, what were you thinking? And in this case, oh, two people really had their minds on something because two Pearson airport border officials charged with importing cocaine. So two Canadian officers who were stationed at Toronto's Pearson International Airport are among five people facing charges in an alleged cocaine importation operation. First of all, I feel like... where Where do you even begin? Either these people are trying to create a story that will allow them to have the next Breaking Bad script on their hands or something, or it's just like, how short-sighted can you be? I really feel like people watch too many programs on Netflix. This is probably why binge-watching is so bad, because after a while, you see so many consecutive episodes, and you're probably like, yeah, I can do that. And by you, I mean people who do not value their careers or their lives, because what are you doing? So you mean to tell me you're going to ask me 1711 questions at the border, and you got six packs of cocaine stuffed in your desk? This is, I just, I don't even have any words because, come on, at the end of the day, not only have you ruined your life, you ruined your career, and, like, it's just, was it worth it? That's, that's really the only question. You just gotta ask, like, I hope it was worth it because now, nah, there's just nothing else to say, but nah, fam, I'm sorry, that was a mess. Please, please think of, you know, just, I don't have any advice for these people. Who am I kidding? But actually, if you see anything that is not fam worthy and you're out and about, feel free to send it to me at yyzpodcast at gmail.com. You can also tweet at me on Twitter with the hashtag nafam, which if you're not familiar with Toronto slang is N-A-H-F-A-M. Or uh, send it to me on Facebook at the YYZ podcast page. I couldn't do this episode without discussing what has been on at least social media's mind a lot this week. And that is the now infamous Crane Girl. Who apparently was just trying to get some views from the six and climbed up a crane to do so, almost literally killing herself in the process, and was then rescued by the Toronto Fire Service and police. 
and has since been charged with six counts of mischief and has been said to be forced to stay away from construction sites. So there is a lot of speculation as to what led her up there, if she was in in distress, but after lots of speculation, several think pieces, it came out that she was one of the intrepid folks around Toronto known as rooftoppers. And rooftopping isn't unique to Toronto, but I would say with the onset of Instagram and how a lot of photographers have really taken it to new heights, no pun intended, rooftopping has become really popular with people. If you're not familiar with rooftopping, it's basically what it sounds like. People gaining access to rooftops, usually by uh, side-eye illegal means to get these really, they really are amazing and jaw-dropping photos, but at the same time, much can go awry, and you're also talking about illegal entry, not to sound like uh, Debbie Downer, but it's true. Anyways, so it has really taken hold in the last few years, and people are going to all kinds of extremes to get the perfect shot and are willing to risk life and limb to do so. And our very own Crane Girl was one of them and was then part of a serious rescue effort that was documented by every major news outlet. And I think this just speaks to, I think in our very much fast-paced culture with this everything being on display and this desire to always push the envelope and to stand out because there's so much noise now in the sense that there's so much content available and Instagram and Twitter and Facebook update every minute and it's so easy to get lost in the shuffle so in order to not people either just constantly are putting out content to stay relevant or are trying to go to the most extreme points possible to make themselves stand out and this is clearly the case here and in the process seriously risk their life and also cost I think it said it cost taxpayers $65,000 to conduct this rescue so you're also costing resources which is glad that she was able to come down safe and not be injured but at the same time There's other things that people need to attend to, first responders need to attend to, and someone who is on the top of a crane for an Instagram shot, it's kind of a waste of resources to some extent, not to say she shouldn't have been rescued, but just what are you doing up there? And I think it's one of those things where she probably went up there and then didn't realize she was in over her head, but this is also why you don't climb a crane. But I've seen a lot of these shots, and a lot of them are very cool shots, but at the same time, is it worth it? That's just the question you have to ask. I mean, she's become a bit of a meme and local sensation, but at the same time, if you look at it, it's super dangerous. So uh, on that note, I think this remix came out a little while ago, but I think it's only fair to transition into what's on the aux chord this week, which is a remix of a song from one of my favorite albums of 2016, which was A Seat at the Table by Solange. And 
one of Montreal's very own Kachinata Polaris Prize winner and amazing DJ and producer put his own twist on Cranes in the Sky, adding a bit more to the signature percussion on the track. And he keeps it pretty light. He doesn't do too much to really take it away from the core of what the original track is. But at the same time, I don't think there's any more fitting song than Kate Trinata's remix to Cranes in the Sky by Solange. So let's take a listen. we've reached the end of another episode you can find me on twitter at melissa hote that's at m-e-l-i-s-s-a-h-a-u-t-e if you haven't done so already you can subscribe to the podcast on itunes and google play feel free to leave a comment or a rating you can also now like the yyz podcast facebook page that's yyz podcast on facebook and if you want to send me an email with feedback information music you can do so at yyz podcast at gmail.com podcast music by simbo follow him on soundcloud peace <laughs>